it's so easy to identify that that's my why based on the feeling that I get when I get off an airplane that's you know miles and miles away from my home and I walk out the door and a familiar face is there to greet me and I just get to see all of these different places in the world. And, and it, it doesn't even have to be a different country. It can be, I'm, I'm just walking into a customer's shop and they're showing me what they're able to do using Mastercam. Or I'm walking down the hallway of my office and you know I say hi to an employee and we talk about what they did last weekend. It's, it's human connection. I think that's the whole purpose of why we're here in the first place. And this, this company is a platform for that. This is the Women of American Manufacturing podcast, where we highlight female leaders and influencers who are revolutionizing the industry. In every episode, we explore each guest's journey into manufacturing, their vision for the future of American manufacturing, and the innovation, creativity, and communication that they bring to the industry. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Women of American Manufacturing podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Athanasiu, and thrilled to welcome Megan West to the show today. So hello, Megan, and welcome. Hi, Lindsay. Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful. So glad to have you and really excited to talk about your journey to where you are today as president of CNC Software. I've truly not met many people, probably can count them on one hand, uh, who knew at such a young age like what they wanted to do and then actually set out on like an incredibly intentional path to go out and do it. So that is just a preview, folks, of what some of this episode will be about in terms of Megan's journey into manufacturing and where she is today. But I'd love for you to give a little more insight into you know, what you do at CNC Software, how long you've been there, and where you're based. Sure. Uh, so again, Megan West, I'm the president and CEO of CNC Software, and we are the makers of Mastercam, which is the most widely used cam system in the world. And my role is it's very different day to day. Um, you know, for the most part, I interact with my executive team. And essentially what we do is ensure the health, the long-term sustainability, and the profitability of the company. You know, we're here to focus on our community, which is our customers, our resellers. Uh, it's to focus on the product, to make sure that we're staying up with the up-to-date technology. And then it's to focus on our employees and make sure that we are providing the absolute best place for somebody to work. That's really important to us. Uh, so I've been here now, um, let's see, I joined full-time back in 2009, and then I ended up taking over as president in 2015. So so I've been running the company for about six years, um, but as you alluded to, this is something that I've been connected to for a very long time. Um, so my father started the company two weeks before I was born, so I guess you can say I was essentially born into um, not just manufacturing, but this company in particular, and it, it has very much been a lifelong journey. We are located in Tallinn, Connecticut, and at this point, you know, especially with events of the last couple of months, last, last year and a half or so, we are very much scattered over the country and, and really over the world as well. We've got a lot of remote workforce that has been um, just a pleasure to work with. Awesome. That's a, a great summary. And we're going to dive into a lot of those things. But before we move on, <laughs> you mentioned that your father started Mastercam two weeks prior to you being born. What was your mom thinking? 
You know, the success of this company, it really is, it, it really comes down to one person, and that is my mother, and she does not get enough credit um, for where we are today. I, it, as a woman, I could not imagine, you know, my husband walking into the house and, and two weeks before, our, you know, their first child was was going to be born saying, hey, by the way, I quit my job. We're going to start a company. Um, and, and that wasn't, you know, exactly how it went. But um, but yeah, for the most part, it was. And my mom was a nurse at the time and she was working night shifts and she said, OK, no problem. We got this. And, you know, that's kind of been her attitude from day one. And and she just she is that silent rock that this company was built on. Honestly, I mean, she kind of had to be. I mean, you don't have to be. But like behind the scenes, that's obviously what, what what was happening because the company became so successful so quickly. And you were the first of you have four siblings, correct? I do. Yep. I, I'm the oldest of five. Yep. That's just wild. So did she continue nursing? She did. She was a nurse for, well, <clears throat> so let's see, I was um, probably six or seven when she stopped um, being a nurse. And, and really the reason was because every time she would get home, so my dad would have to watch me. And at the time it was only two siblings. Um, and every time she came home, there would be some sort of injury. Um, you know, I remember there was one time my dad had me on his shoulders and my brother was sitting on the counter and my brother went to go jump off the counter. So dad let go of me and I went flying backwards, landed on my head. He missed my brother. He landed on his head. So we both had bloody noses. We just got sent to bed. The next morning, my mom, you know, drags herself in from work at 4 a.m. And uh, I, I walk into her room at, at 6 in the morning. I'm like, good morning, mom. And she's like, what happened to you? I got blood all over my face. And um, 10 minutes later, my brother comes strolling in, blood on his face. She's like, what happened to you? <laughs> and uh, so she she ended up getting out of the, the nursing industry, but she jumped right from there into becoming the CFO for the company. And so there was no rest for her. She, she um, was a full-time mom and, you know, she dove in and learned how to keep the books. And she did that successfully for over 30 years. That's amazing. What an inspiration. I want to chat with her someday. We've talked about this before and like that didn't really occur to me. It was just like an interesting fact that you shared that the company was started two weeks prior to your birth. But yeah, just imagining myself in her shoes, that's pretty inspiring that she was like, yes, let's do it. And I know the, the original name of the company was different as well because you were about to be born, correct? It was. It was. Yeah, the product was called Megan. That was the first name. Um, and I think it was a bit of a nod to uh, the Lisa, you know, the, the, the first Apple computer that Steve Jobs built. So it was it was Megan for the first, I think, year or two. Um, and then eventually they realized they had something that was going to be pretty, pretty big. So they wanted to name it something a little bit more indicative of the industry that they were in. So Mastercam was born. Right. How would you have felt if they kept it Megan? And then, you know, you, you figured out, I do want to be in this business, you know, eventually have my sights set on being CEO president. Would that have been weird? <laughs> well, I, I always joke with my dad. I said, you know, it was Megan for the first couple of years. I'm still waiting for royalties there. And um, <laughs> but now I'm so glad that it's not named Megan. I think I get enough exposure as it is. And, you know, so to have a little bit of separation between the company, the product and me is is a good thing. Yeah, I, I would agree with that for sure. <laughs> too much redundancy, too much confusion, you know, let's let's reduce that. Absolutely. So I obviously you were you're born into this business and 
we talked to a lot of guests who their parents own a shop or their cousin or uncle. You know, um, there's there's so much that can lead to an obvious career path. But you're the only one of your siblings who did know early on, hey, this this is what I want to go do. Tell me a little bit about how you realized that, maybe what your father or mother were, were doing that attracted you into this business and how you set about getting to where you are now. It was so organic. You know, I think part of it was just exposure. My mom would bring us into the office all the time. And so we would be back in the machine shop and watching my dad cut parts. And, you know, my dad was always a a talker. He would always come home and talk to me about his day and, and the things that he did. And so I got to understand what it was like to run a business at a very young age. And I think I just was interested you know, I was just genuinely interested. And so whenever dad came home, I'd ask him what he did. And, and we'd have these really great conversations about it. Um, and we'd spitball back and forth, you know, if he was having a territory issue or didn't know what to do about a new feature. Um, and I, I think I always gravitated towards the people side of it. Um, that that really intrigued me. And so, yeah, it was just kind of this this constant communication. And then when I was 14, he took me, it was just me. And it was so special because, you know, being in such a big family, you don't get a lot of that one-on-one time. And so he brought me to Japan and it was on a business trip for him. Uh, And it was just a a really special one-on-one time with me and him. And he gave me this peek into how Mastercam and manufacturing just genuinely, not just opens the world, but it connects it. You know, it's it's this ability to go to some other country and you speak a, the same language. You know, Mastercam is the same language no matter where you are. And it was just, I, I was hooked. That was it. I, I knew this was what I wanted to do. And so I made it very clear that I was intending to come into the company and I was hoping for a leadership position. And so we spent a lot of time talking through what it was going to take to be there. And what were some of the things you agreed on with your father to ultimately get into a leadership role at CNC Software? Well, we were fortunate to have a uh, family business program at UConn, which is the school right down the street from us. And so we we attended seminars with them. We, we did, um, you know, a bunch of little conferences and meetings. And there was one in particular that was very impactful. And it was one where uh, several other family businesses were in different stages of succession planning. And so one company that had already gone through the process just gave us some tidbits and, you know, advice and things that they did uh, that that were helpful, things that they missed that they wished that they had done. And we, we listened very closely. And so we came up with a plan that I had to go to college. I had to work somewhere else for at least two years. I had to get my master's. And then I had to come back and join the company. I was going to be in a, a few different roles within the company. And if I was able to position myself in a way that the rest of our employees um, respected and trusted me, then I would be considered for leadership. And so, you know, once I graduated high school, I set out to accomplish all of those goals. And it was just kind of these check marks. Um, and I'm good at those. I'm good at check marks. If you give me a list of things to do, I'll knock them out. And and so that's what I did. And, and um you know, once I joined the company, I, I made it a point to continue the relationships I had already built with so many of the employees. Um, and I think I, I had already built up a pretty natural uh, repertoire with a lot of the people that had been here. And we have such low turnover. Many of the employees had seen me grow up and, you know, I, I just kind of joined in and it just it was such a natural fit. 
Yeah, and you're segueing really nicely into another really cool point. So if anyone listening has Googled Megan and, and just follows this company, um, you, they might know that she's often recognized for her leadership at CNC Software and what it has led to in, in terms of employee uh, retention and satisfaction. And they win all these types of awards and accolades for just like the culture and the camaraderie that that you and and your family have built over the years. And last year, I just thought this was so cool. Um, you were nominated for the 2020 Influential Women in Manufacturing Award, and the nominator actually mentioned that the company feels like a family where every member is inspired to do their best. How did you do that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> No, that's not true. You know, first of all, I got so lucky to be able to walk into a company where there was already this incredibly strong, unique, magical culture already developed. You know, so so a lot of the groundwork was already done for me. You know, my job was was to just take it, foster it, and continue to to grow it and and adapt it. I think the other piece of it was I learned very quickly that I am not my father and to try and adapt my leadership style to his wasn't going to work for me. And I I had to identify the things that I was good at and figure out the things that I wasn't good at and, and how do I fill those gaps? And I filled those gaps by finding the right people to put in the right places. And, you know, I'm, I'm well aware that at any given time, I'm most likely not the smartest person in the room, but if I could find all the, the smartest people and get them in the room together, you know, when we work together as a team, we just, we can do some really magical things. And that's, you know, that's the biggest piece of it is just having empathy for, I think, all of the other employees, understanding what it is that I would want as an employee and figuring out how to deliver that, you know, and, and I think there's, there's so many different things that motivate people and empower them. So we, we try a lot of different things to keep employees engaged. And, you know, we get feedback, we have a lot of different mechanisms for measuring the health of the company, measuring the health of the employee base. And, you know, I think the other piece is understanding that balance between work and life, knowing that we are all just humans uh, on this ride together. And work is not the be all end all. If you can show up to work and you feel engaged and you feel like you are part of a purpose and something that's bigger than you, then you're, you're going to work harder and you're going to be passionate and you're going to be excited about what you do. And so if I can figure out a way to provide that for people, um, everything else just kind of falls into place. I totally agree, first off, and that was very well stated. Would you say, you know, something you mentioned about when you went to Japan with your dad when you were 14 and you met the resellers and you just saw how like manufacturing connects people across cultures, languages, just everything. Would you say like, that has kind of become your why? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so easy to identify that that's my why based on the feeling that I get when I get off an airplane in this crazy country that's, you know, miles and miles away from my home. And I walk out the door and a familiar face is there to greet me. And I just get to see all of these different places in the world. And, and it, it doesn't even have to be a different country. It can be, I'm, I'm just walking into a customer's shop and they're showing me what they're able to do using Mastercam. Or I'm walking down the hallway of my office and, you know, I say hi to an employee and we talk about what they did last weekend. It's, 
it's human connection. I think that's the whole purpose of why we're here in the first place. And this this company is a platform for that. Right, right. So you talked about how you recognize that you're not your father and you brought a different skill set and, you know, set of strengths than he might have. So what were some of the things that you you recognized? All right, my dad does this really well. This is not going to be what I do well. However, here is what I will do. And this is now how I'm going to fill those other gaps once he's in his new role. So my dad, you know, he's, he started as this technical master. You know, he, he would install machines at customers' locations. And this was before CAM was was really a thing. And, um, you know, so he, he really focused on the product and kind of that outcome, the technology. That was really where he focused. And while I'm inspired by the technology and I am so intrigued by what our customers are able to do, I don't have a technical mind. And so to try and figure out how to put all of those pieces together, I knew I was going to really struggle. The thing that I do excel at is figuring out how to make people feel valued and feel appreciated and really just feeling heard and and figuring out how to connect the right people together, putting them in the right places because I've seen it happen when you get the right person in the right role, magic happens. And and when you get a team together and you work really hard on building the foundation of that team, how do you how do you build trust with each other? How do you build respect with each other? How do you create an environment where it's okay to challenge and question each other, but know that there's still that that respect at the end of it? And that even if you don't agree on something, at the end of the day, once everyone is heard and a decision is made, we all support that. And those are, you know, that's the stuff that I, I mean, I get goosebumps, you know, figuring out how to, how to make that happen and talking about it. And I, I could not have done it without so many of the people that I have here right now. My executive team is just this group of amazing people. They're all so different. They all bring a different skill to the table. And, you know, while we certainly have our our moments, there is just an extraordinary amount of respect and um, dare I say love between <laughs> between the the whole team. It's just uh, it's it's something really special. And you know, if you can create that, it's, it's such a, a good inspiration for the rest of the company and, um, you know, a good example of how we do things here. I love that you use the word love because I think that is such an interesting thing to explore when we talk about work environments and work cultures. I don't think people are comfortable using that word, but when you spend more time every day with your colleagues than you do with your own family. I mean, you you do and can develop feelings of love for people. And it shouldn't be something that is like frowned upon or, or weird to discuss. It's like, yeah, dude, I love you. You're like save you save my butt all the time. Like you always have my back. You you can recognize when I come into work with this I carried something from my life into work and you ask me how I'm doing. Like those become friendships that are gonna last a long time. And of course there's love behind it. <laughs> You know, we we are genuinely a family, and that's that. You're, yeah, I I think it is. It's something that you don't really talk about, and I think it can make people uncomfortable sometimes. One of my favorite things to say to the group is get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. And I'll tell you just a quick um, just a quick story. So right before the world shut down last March, my team I I always like to take them out side of the business 
um, for a few days as a retreat. And that's where a lot of our best ideas happen. You know, we get away, we do a little bit of team building, and we do some strategy um, discussions. And one of the team building things was a scavenger hunt around one of the cities that we were in. And during the scavenger hunt, we were outside, and I was walking around, and I got a bird pooped on my head. <laughs> and I'm with my team and I'm, you know, I'm covered. And it was, it was just mortifying. And one of my executive team members, he just grabbed a business card. We were outside at a beach and he brought me over to a water fountain and he started scraping it out of my hair. And it was, you know, I looked at him and in that moment I was like, did you realize that this was going to be part of your job? <laughs> but it was just such a good example of, of um, we do everything together. And we, we really genuinely take care of each other. And now you and that colleague are forever tied together through bird poop. Forever. <laughs> That's hilarious and, and gross. I'm sorry that happened to you. <laughs> I had to go directly back to the hotel after that to take a shower, but it was worth it. It was, it was one of the best days we had had. Yeah, what a memory. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd love to hear, Megan, about some of the challenges you faced as you maybe took over the company or as you dealt with COVID. You know, when you think back to any of the biggest challenges you faced in your leadership role at CNC Software, what have some of those challenges been and how have you overcome them? I think some of the hardest parts that I've had, you know, and again, it, it all comes back to the people, is... I am very much a people pleaser. That's kind of in my nature. I, I want people to be happy. I want people to like me. That's that's who I am. But when you're a leader, it's not about that. It's about making sure that you're doing what's best for the greater good. You're doing what's best for the company because if you if you focus on that, you're able to provide that wonderful place to work for the majority of people. And so I think I struggle the most whenever you know there were personnel um, issues that had to be dealt with. It's just, again, that's outside my comfort zone. Um, so those those were, I think, probably the hardest. And then really, you know, I know this, this may sound cliche, but I think it's important to acknowledge is that being a mom, you know, I took over as leader of the company when my daughter was, she was about seven months old. And I was still nursing at the time. I was her primary source of you know, of life. And it, it was a lot of pressure. My son at the time was just a little bit over three years old. And I was so fortunate to have a husband that was supportive and a mother that was supportive and a father that was supportive. Um, but really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much support you have, there's still so much that that ends up on your shoulders. And it's hard to balance. There's very much that guilt of when I'm at work, I'm worried about home. And when I'm at home, I'm worried about work. And so it was just taking the time to navigate that and to figure out what worked best for me. And eventually, as you get older, you, you start to let go a lot of a lot of that guilt. You realize that, that it just doesn't serve you. You have to figure out how to be present wherever you are. So when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're at home, you're at home. And it's okay to, to kind of let those other things go and and you know, knowing that you don't have to do it all on your own. And that's why I surrounded myself with the executive team I have, my management team, and every single contributor here has their their part in lifting that load. And then same thing with your personal life. You know, I have an amazing group of girlfriends that, that we empower each other and we're there to have a shoulder to cry on and a great family. You said that it, it was a cliche to bring that up. And I assure you, it is not. And 
I've heard it from just about every guest I've had on this podcast who is a mom um, and then so many other women I've met in this industry and in any industry, right? Just being a working mom is a challenge, period, you know, and it's not a cliche. It's something that is just a reality. And I think talking about it is what helps, right? Um, So thank you for sharing. And it it sounds like you've kind of reached a a balance, you know, where, like you said, you're you're able to be present at work, at home, and um, finding success, you know, in both, other than your recent mishap. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I I did. I had to bring up. Yeah, I I had to preface this call just in case I, you know, stumbled over my words a little bit. I I was working out the other day and I I ended up having a battle with a medicine ball and I lost that battle. I I slammed a 10 pound medicine ball on on the ground, not expecting it to bounce back at me. But yeah, my my chin took a pretty big hit. I ended up with a concussion and whiplash, um, but showed up for work the next day. And and, um, fortunately was able to really rest the, the following couple days that weekend. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, such is life. I like that you phrased it. I had a battle with a medicine ball. I'm glad. <laughs> well, it was definitely one of those times where I think my strength worked against me because I, I slammed that thing pretty hard. And so the, you know, the reverb was, uh, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. It got a life of its own <laughs> through your own strength. Um, well, kudos, kudos for like getting after your workout that intensely that you, you you concussed yourself with the thing that you threw. I'm glad you're okay, and you have not sounded like a person who was recently concussed. So I think we can continue. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah, I I tell my trainer all the time, you know. I just don't have a lot of spare time in the day. So if I'm going to show up to anything, I'm going to show up. And that's kind of my approach for for everything in life. You know, if you're going to do it, do it right. 100%. Oh, I, I, I feel that. And you mentioned something to me recently that um, sort of ties into that. When I asked you, you know, what's something that is sort of a misnomer or like a misperception in manufacturing, you said that there's only really like one role you can have. And so that's something where it's like, all right, if that's not for me and I can't do it 100%, I'm not going to do it. But you mentioned there's like such a more progressive side to manufacturing than these like prescribed versions that people have in their mind. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, think about any product that you buy. If it wasn't grown from the ground or from the tree, it was probably manufactured. And the number of roles that it takes to get that product from conception to the consumer's hands, I mean, it's it's tremendous to think about. And, and each role requires a different type of skill. It requires a different type of approach. It, it requires a different type of, you know, way of thinking. And so, I think there are so many different roles that you can have within manufacturing that gives you a really interesting insight into how things are made and to, um, you know, just that whole industry. And it is so progressive. I mean, if you think about any product back 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I mean, let's let's just take the telephone, for example. I don't know if you remember those rotary phones that were just these square boxes, but most products back in the day were square boxes. And the reason for that is because we didn't have multi-axis technology. Tools could really only cut on the X-axis, Y-axis, 
And, and so a lot of products were very simple, but as the technology continued to evolve, now you've got all of these parts that, that have these beautiful curves to them and, you know, all of these different pockets and different um, features that allow you to, to create just about anything that you can imagine. So it is so progressive and it continues to progress year after year. And being part of that, you know, you get to see the world change in front of your face. I mean, that's the world is built off of manufacturing and being connected to that gives you this this kind of insider view on, you know, the beginnings of it. Totally. I think you should be the voice of a commercial that like so many people that I connect with talk about, you know, there's this there's this marketing issue where we are not getting the word out to each subsequent generation about how freaking cool manufacturing is. And you just described it. And I think the backdrop of that commercial should be just the evolution of Apple products because you nailed it. If you look at the very first consumer Apple computers, they were very boxy. And they very, very slowly but surely became much more rounded and more appealing to the eye because we all are attracted to these very sleek products because it means that they were developed with more modern technologies. And I'm wondering, like, how do you guys think about that at, at Mastercam? Like, what are you doing at the company to follow that evolution and enable it with the software? You know, part of that is just connecting with other people in the industry. We are a small company and, you know, we are at capacity. On any given day, every single employee is working 100%. And so the best way to, to stay ahead of that and to stay on the leading edge of it is to connect with other people and, you know, just find out what kind of innovations they're coming up with, um, collaborating with different companies to, to develop tool paths and, and technology together. And I think, I think that's the best way to do it is it's just so much about the networking at this point. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. On the golf course, like our teams will be pretty soon as well right. as through podcasts. Yes, absolutely. I completely agree. It's all about sort of a rising tide lifting all boats, right? Like connecting, sharing, and working for the benefit of the entire industry. So Megan, before we move on to rapid fire questions, what does it mean to you to be a woman in manufacturing? You know, I think what it means to me is that I get an opportunity to show other women that it's possible. I get the opportunity to just expose other women to manufacturing or to represent them in a way. You know, it's, it's one of those things, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Well, they can see it, which means they can be it. It just, it's that tangible, oh, there's a, there's a woman there and she's thriving and she's loving her position and she, she loves what she, do, she does and she's got purpose. And that means that I have the opportunity to do that as well. I, I was so fortunate to grow up the way that I did. I was never held back by my gender. It was just not part of the conversation. Um, but I know that there are so many women that are held back by that and, and don't realize the opportunities they have. So if I can just be out there and be present and, you know, talk about it and uh, meet other women that might have that kind of interest, then that's what I'm going to do. And you just mentioned, you know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. You are one of perhaps the only female executives in the cam industry. That's that's right. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> that's, that's, that's wild. <laughs> Just want to let that like sit. You it's know? hard. Like, you know, it's funny because I never really think about it. 
you know, I just, this is just who I am. It's what I do. It, you know, I, I don't really think about the significance of it, but yeah, it's, and I think the other piece of it is that we are at an intersection of two very male driven industries. So it's software and it's manufacturing and, and both of the, those are so much more heavily represented by males that it's an honor to, to be in this position, to be respected and, and, to have the opportunity to do what I can to just, you know, bring more women, bring um, just more diversity into the manufacturing field. Well, you're definitely doing it. And I'm delighted to get this episode out to the masses so they can see it and be it in terms of technology in manufacturing. And, you know, you, you being that example, it's awesome. Thank you. So are you ready to move into rapid fire questions? I think so. I think so. <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> Don't be nervous. This is the most fun part of the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So who is one famous person you wish would work in manufacturing with you? So, you know, I could pick somebody like Beyonce or Britney Spears because I think they just have this star power that people pay attention to and they want to, you know, they want to join. But I would also have to say, I don't know if you know who Ada Lovelace is. Um, She was a a female back in early to mid 1800s. And she's actually credited with being one of the first people to understand the idea of a computer. But she broke barriers. She had a tough childhood. She, you know, had a lot of things to overcome, but she was passionate about something that wasn't typically um, about women. And, and she just, she dove into it. And I love that. You just gave us like such a gamut of humans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for that. What is, what's your favorite blog or podcast? You know, my favorite podcast um, is called The Darren Olean Show. He's a guy that wrote this book called Super Life. I'm very passionate about health and wellness. And I think that started when I I had my first child. I got very into the whole non-GMO, organic, you know, doing what I can to reduce exposure to chemicals. So this guy is just, he's all things health and wellness. And it's just, um, just an interesting podcast to hear about the different, different ways that we are exposed to those things and how to avoid that. I'll have to check that out. Thank you for the recommendation. Absolutely. What is the last movie you watched? Um, the last movie I watched was Luca, uh, the new Disney movie. So having a six-year-old and a nine-year-old, I, I don't tend to see a lot of adult movies anymore. <laughs> it's a lot more Disney and Pixar. Um, but I'll be honest, I love those. So it's it's fun to be able to rewatch Little Mermaid and um, you know all the, all the ones I watched when I was a kid. How is Luca? It was fantastic. It was a really, it was a cute movie. I liked it. They're like, just quick kudos to Pixar, Disney. Like they are imbuing such progressive messaging into their movies. Like I never would have expected. They've changed so much and I love it. I just love it. I completely agree. And if you think about it, that was how we grew up with those those messages of, you know, tradition and every woman needed a man to, to wake her up or to save her and you know, I love that my daughter is, um, you know, being exposed to messages of independence and strength and freedom. And it's I I'm so grateful. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a pet? I do. I have a pet. Um, his name is Koa. He is a 12 year old, 100 pound yellow lab that, <laughs> that just kind of mopes around the house. He's the best dog in the world. He's so good to the kids. Um, you know, he's kind of my first kid. But yeah, I have Koa. Oh, what a sweetie. Big dog person right here. So sometimes people <laughs> say cat. Sometimes people say 
bird and I'm always waiting for them to say dog. So thank you for giving me that pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) What is the last vacation you took? So the last vacation I took, well, I don't know if it really counts. When everything shut down, I'm very connected to Hawaii. It's a very special place to to us, and we have a house out there. So uh, in November, my family and I moved there for the winter. I enrolled my kids in school. So it wasn't really a vacation because we were living there. I was working there. My kids were going to school there. Um, but that's the last vacation-type place I think I've been. Very cool. Which part of Hawaii? We were on Oahu. Beautiful. Oof. It was great. My son took sailing lessons. My daughter took hula. They got to kind of integrate into the culture there. It was it was wonderful. That That's one of those like silver linings of COVID. Like people just were able to do things things differently. And you have this amazing family experience and memory now to carry with you. And it was for a sucky reason. But it was. hey, there's some beauty there. You know, and going from, you know, I, I was on a plane probably twice a month for years. And to go from that to... Being at home with my kids, you know, working from home, having them there all day, every day. It was was a year that I will be forever grateful for. I love that. So what is your work from home hack or secret? Take a shower in the morning. Get dressed. (laughs) You know, don't. (laughs) I think that's it. It's like when you feel like you're, you're put together and you're ready to go, your mind is there as well. I think that's the biggest hack is, is. Get ready as if you are are going into the office. And then I think you present yourself as that. Exactly. Like hygiene and attire. Absolutely. Like they matter mentally. And like you were saying earlier, the presence factor can be there when you have all those things in place. Absolutely. And like if your coworker showed up at your door today, you'd be like, oh, great. Yes, I'm working. Like, <laughs> don't I look like I've been working? That's right. <laughs> Um, Megan, what's your favorite food? Tacos. I I would eat tacos for dinner every single day. That is 100% my favorite food. You can do anything with tacos. Yes, yes. Speaking my language. And, and it pairs well with margaritas, so can't go wrong. Are you a spicy margarita gal? No, I just like the traditional. We're going to meet up at some event in the future, and I'm going to get you on board with the spicy margaritas, because once you go jalapeno marg, you don't go back. (laughs) All right, I'm in. That sounds great. All right. Last but not least, what is your number one reason why more women should work in manufacturing? Representation. You know, I heard this story, and I don't know if it's true, so don't quote me on this, but I heard that it was a female engineer that designed the hole in the back of the Volvo headrest so that women's ponytails could go through it. And, you know, like I said, I I have not confirmed if this is true, but I think the concept is what's important. It's that without representation, your needs aren't considered. And manufacturing is such a huge part of everything that we do. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, you are surrounded by manufacturing. And if you aren't there as a female, then we don't get the representation. We don't get the products that we deserve. And I think we have such a wonderful perspective, not just on on products, but just on the world in general, that it is so important to be there. A hundred percent. Yep. I totally agree. So there are going to be listeners who are inspired by your story and would love to connect with you. What would be the best way for them to reach you? Best way to connect is by email. It's megan.west at mastercam.com. And I, I love to hear from, from women that are interested in manufacturing or in manufacturing, you know, have ideas, just want to chat. I'm, I'm always open. 
awesome. And I know your team will be represented at a lot of the different trade shows this year as people start getting back on the road, traveling, you know, being at these big conferences, networking. So um, I highly recommend that if any listeners are going to be at, you know, a fab tech or uh, top shops, you know, surf in all these big conferences, go ahead and try to find Mastercam, connect with Megan's team. They're awesome people. We've been working pretty closely with them for a little while now, and we'll have something to announce in the coming months. Um, but thank you so much, Megan, for your time today. It was an absolute pleasure to talk with you, hear your story, and I'm looking forward to staying in touch. It was a pleasure to chat with you, Lindsay, as well. I, I'm, I'm always so excited to talk shop, talk Mastercam, talk manufacturing, talk personal. Um, this was wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. The Women of American Manufacturing podcast is brought to you by Paperless Parts. Paperless Parts empowers job shop and contract manufacturers to modernize and grow using the company's secure ITAR compliant cloud-based estimating platform. The software streamlines manufacturers' existing workflows by combining business process automation tools and a proprietary geometric pricing engine to power configurable formulas that drive estimating consistency and accuracy. The platform integrates with ERP systems to level up front office business operations and customer communication and enables more efficient responses to RFQs for a variety of manufacturing processes, including sheet metal fabrication, CNC machining, and additive manufacturing. Over 1 million files have been uploaded and analyzed through the platform to support the estimating process for manufacturers providing components and assemblies for the aerospace and defense, medical, semiconductors, and industrials sectors. Privately funded by manufacturing industry experts, Paperless Parts was founded in 2017 and is headquartered in Boston. You can learn more at www.paperlessparts.com.